0: welcome in everybody it is time to get in the cage here on 710 ESPN Seattle it's brought to you by the Emerald Queen Casino always love sitting down having a conversation with this guy does a brilliant job covering the sport of MMA combat sports you can read his stuff at MMAfighting.com and as I say every time for you movie fans tv show fans out there nerdcoremovement.com is his site as well if you want to go off the MMA beat he is the one the only Damon Martin with us on the Zeke's Pizza Hotline Damon how are you man
1: I am good. Thanks for having me. As always, I appreciate
0: it. Yeah, it's it's good to catch up. It's been a bit, so I want I, w- I want to go back just a little bit here, and uh, I didn't get a chance to speak with you about the Jones Reyes fight because we haven't spoken. But that was that was a f- an interesting fight where, you know, it, I I love fights like that where you've got you've got half the 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 fan base on one side saying, "Man, that was a robbery! How did they come up with that?" The other side saying, "No, it was it was the right decision." That tells you it was a great competitive, close fight. I love that stuff. Where did you fall on that one when it was all said and done?
1: You know, I scored the fight forty eight, forty seven for Dominic Reyes. I thought he won the first three rounds. Uh, you know, but but again, I don't consider it a robbery by any stretch of the imagination. It was a close fight. I mean, John Jones definitely had his moments later in the fight. You could argue, you know, did he win round three, round four, round five? I mean, there were there were some very close rounds very competitive rounds I again I scored for Dominic Reyes I told you know when I talked to Dominic Reyes after the fight I told him honestly I, I scored the fight for him I really did uh, but at the same time, I don't consider it a robbery and, and, because when it's a close fight, you can't consider it a robbery. You can you, you consider it a robbery if it's blatant. If you absolutely, you know, if it it's blatantly that you know three rounds went to one guy and they got it wrong, that's a different story. But this was a razor close fight, back and forth war. And all I hope that we have coming out of this, you know, I feel bad for a guy like Dominic Reyes who right now could be sitting around with the light like, heavyweight title around his waist. But at the end of the day, hopefully we just get to see it again and they can settle it in a rematch.
0: Yeah, and it's—I don't know if you're like me. I'll watch the fight, obviously the the first time through, whether I'm there or I'm at home watching it, and then I'll watch it again with the sound off because I, I'm human. I can get swayed by the crowd going nuts. I can get swayed by the the commentators, and then you you watch it with the sound off, and you're watching punches that crowd the crowd is reacting to, but they're not landing. And you know, maybe during the fight, you're going, "Wow, he he landed a bunch of blows," and the crowd was going crazy. And then you watch it on mute and you're going what you know those didn't land they were they were landing on the arms they were you know and that's kind of what i saw in that fight dominic was active he was certainly throwing punches but a lot of what the crowd seemed to be rea- reacting to in my opinion wasn't landing and and johns you could look you could look at jones's face at the end of the fight he wasn't beat up he wasn't a guy that looked like he took a bunch of punishment so it was just it was it was interesting to watch it in that fa- are you a one-time through guy or do you go back and re-watch it
1: no, I, I go back and rewatch obsessively. I'm kind of weird that way. I kind of feel like I need to justify my scoring because because like, you do. You get caught up in the emotion, and then, you know, typically on a Saturday night during the UFC card, I'm also writing. So I'm, you know, re-watching with the mindset of I'm going to write this up after it's over. So I kind of have to keep track of like, what's going on round by round and how I'm going to write up. So it's kind of a distracting thing. Uh and so yeah, I absolutely go back and rewatch it. When I rewatched the second time I scored the same way. But again, it was a very, very close fight. I have absolutely no I I have zero problem with John Jones being the winner in that fight. Like I have no problem that he got the decision. If you tell me you score him three two winning the fight, I'd say, Yep, I could see it. You know. So uh again, I don't think there's any robbery here. I don't think there's any, you know, uh giant judging problem with that fight. There were a lot of judging problems with that fight or with other fights that same night. But in that particular fight, I don't think you can scream robbery because it was just a close fight. It was a close, good fight. Uh, you scored for Jones, I can see how. I scored for Reyes, I can see how.
0: Is the division just catching up to John? Is it? Is it the expectations, the the uh, the bar has been set too high for him by his previous re, uh, performances? It feels like the second anybody doesn't get completely dominated by him, people are saying, oh, this guy won. You know, Tiago Santos, that was not a great, compelling fight to me. But there was not a shred of me that thought the guy won the fight, yet you had people afterwards screaming, oh, he got robbed, he should have won the fight. I'm thinking, just because you survived, just because you're there and you're throwing punches, you're retaliating, doesn't mean you win. And it feels like the the bar has been set so high that maybe the gap has closed a bit, so people are eager to say, you know what, it was closer than maybe it was. Or maybe this guy did win when he really didn't.
1: Yeah, in, in the case of Thiago Santos, I really don't see how that one was. I really don't understand how that one was a split decision. I scored it clearly for John. If anything, you know, you could argue he won the fight 49-46 and then should have won four out of the five rounds instead of just three out of the five rounds. That's the only controversial thing to me in that fight. I thought he clearly won. There was no controversy whatsoever in my mind watching the Thiago Santos fight. With the Dominic Reyes fight, that one, in my opinion, was very much closer I think with John, is a combination of a couple of things. And I asked him this question on the conference call right before the fight happened. I said, you know, when you don't go out there and just completely dominate or just put guys away or, you know, win in a shutout, you know, do you feel like we're judging you too harshly just because you have set the bar so high and in a lot of ways he understands that. And I think, in a way he kind of embraces it because he knows he is, I mean, he, he doesn't sit there and tout himself as that, but I say it all the time. I think John Jones is the greatest mixed martial artist in history and so when you're that good, it, you know, not to bring it back to another sports analogy, but it's like if Jordan goes out there and puts up, you know, 20 points and, and 10 rebounds and, you know, nine assists, you know, that's a pretty darn good night. But, you know, we're expecting Jordan to put up 50. So, of course, it doesn't seem the the, the, the final tagline doesn't seem as big. And I think that's what it is with John Jones. You know, he's still winning these fights he's still defending his title. And I think there is an element of the division catching up with him a little bit. I mean, Dominic Reyes, you saw it when they fought. Big guy, long guy, very athletic guy. He brought the fight to John. He had a good game plan. So these are all things that you study and you figure out over time. And, and you know, again, again, that same analogy with Jordan or LeBron or whoever want to use it, you know, there are going to be games where you're like, how did LeBron and and the Lakers not blow out this team by 30, and they only end up winning by, like, four points, or they have to win it on a buzzer beater? Same thing in fighting. Eventually, teams do catch up. They have a good game plan. They have good preparation. And it's going to happen.
0: As far as that division goes, we saw Corey Anderson get get tuned up by Jan Blahovich, who went out there and knocked him out. And then Jan was there speaking to John Cage side and wants that next fight. Is that the fight that should be made? What What's the most logical? Should it be a rematch? Or what? If you were the matchmaker, what would you do next in the light heavyweight division?
1: You know, it's a good problem to have. In my head, I think we should do the Dominic Reyes rematch. I think because that fight was so close, and because there is a lot of. You know, controversy coming about people that did score the fight for Dominic. I actually think he should get the rematch. I think it's a very compelling fight. I think the second fight would be even bigger because how close the first one was. And I think you got to build on that. Typically, I'm not a big fan of a contender getting a rematch automatically unless there was some mitigating circumstance. In this case, there wasn't. It was just a matter of, you know, did you score the fight for one guy or the other? But I think Dominic is a, is a more logical choice just because he did come so close and I think people would be more in tune to want to watch it again. And then you let Yago Hovich go out there. Maybe he gets a rematch with Thiago Santos. Remember, he lost to Thiago Santos, and that's how Thiago ended up getting the title fight with John. Maybe you put those two back together, let them rematch, and see if he can avenge his loss. And if he does that, then he's the next guy in line. But I think you got to do Reyes, then he gets a bigger fight. And I think in terms of matchup, it's a tougher
0: fight. Another fight on that card that people were were – you know very confused about was the Diego Sanchez disqualification win uh that was a weird exchange with him in the in the in the corner and the referee and that whole thing and he's taken some heat i heard the interview with him and his trainer manager whatever the guy's name is uh with with Ariel Helwani which was a really odd interview i don't know if you heard that but what what was your reaction to D- Diego sort of saying you know what the guy threw an illegal punch so the fight's over it, it, it sort it seems sort of counter to the this just madman warrior that we're so accustomed to seeing, and I don't necessarily blame him. It was just a little I don't know. It was it was just like I said, it was counter to who he's sort of established himself as being.
1: Yeah, it was weird. I have no doubt about that. Just the way he framed it and the way he said it and they zoomed in there and he's saying, So if I stop right now it's gonna be a disqualification and I win. Yeah. I understand that. But at the same time, you know, Diego is a warrior. He's a guy who's been around for a lot of times. We've seen him get into fights that he probably should not have, you know, should not have continued in or, you know, he's just, he's that kind of guy. So I think he has a, he's earned a little bit of good grace. Did it, did it kind of look bad in the moment? Sure. It kind of looked bad, sounded a little bit bad, but at the end of the day, I think Diego's earned, you know, the right to to, for us not to question his heart because that guy, and he did, I mean, he did take a nasty knee to the head We saw the cut and, and it was blatantly illegal. So again, I'm not going to fault him. And and I say this all the time when, you know, fighters do illegal things, you know, the referees have to be willing to punish them harsher than what has happened in the past. Even when you're talking about eye pokes or or groin shots, in this case, a really blatant knee, uh, you know, you gotta be willing to just disqualify a guy. If you think the other guy is is hurt or not able to continue, if it's not in his best interest to continue, sometimes we've got to protect these guys from themselves. So, yeah, I look back at the first fight between Justin Poirier and Eddie Alvarez, and I think Herb Dean is a phenomenal referee. But to this day, I disagree with that fight being called a no contest because there were two blatant illegal knees. And I understand it's heated moment, it's a passionate situation, and you know they're firing away at shots. But you know, I think at some point you got to say, "Hey, listen, I, I don't think you did. I don't think you're a bad guy. And I don't think you're trying to get disqualified. But you did, you know, blast this guy two illegal knees, and he can't continue. You don't get to just you know skate by in a no contest."
0: Yeah, let me, let me ask you about another guy who's got that that reputation as just being a, a warrior who's going to be in there to the bloody end and will fight anybody at any time who was taking a lot of heat based on his last performance. That's Cowboy Cerrone against Conor McGregor. Obviously, that didn't go the way a lot of people thought. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people picked Conor to win, but maybe not as decisively and quick as he did. I, I, I kind of felt bad for Cowboy at the end of that. I mean, yeah, he got rocked with those shoulder strikes, and, and, and Connor's a fast starter Cowboys a slow starter. That's you knew that storyline going in. I, I felt bad about the heat he was taking. People accusing him of taking a dive, and man, I feel like he's earned more respect than that in this sport. What was your reaction to his performance, and then sort of the backlash following it?
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, the guy got beat. He got you know he got taken out. It was a it was an anticlimactic end to what we thought was going to be a better fight. A lot of people. We're picking Cowboys for only going into that fight. And when it doesn't play out the way we kind of imagine it playing out, then you have to you know, start picking it apart and analyzing what went right and what went wrong. And, you know, does the Cowboy deserve some of the blame in that? Absolutely. He came out and, and looked flat, you know, and, and it's almost like he didn't expect Connor to come after him with that kind of ferocity. Well, that's what Connor does. Connor is a first round fighter, and it seems kind of bizarre that you're not ready for that in that moment. Uh, but, I mean, Listen, it happens i mean you know you get hit with a shot immediately we've seen it a, you know a, a million times in the sport you get caught with an errant elbow or a punch right out of the gate you get a broken nose and you're just never the same again i mean it's happened time and time and time again in this sport where weird bizarre things happen in a fight or just a you know a, a, a sequence just catches you off guard and you never come back from that and some guys can make it all three or five rounds and you know, make it to the end, but you just never see them kind of recover. And in Cowboy's case, he got finished. And this just is what it is. I mean, you look back at his uh, title fight with Rafael Dos Anjos from a few years ago, same kind of thing happened. He went out there and got caught immediately. And then Dos just poured it on. He never allowed Cowboy to settle himself or get comfortable. And he finished him in whatever it was, a minute and a half or two minutes in the first round. And this is very much the same thing. A guy came out, he got caught, and he just never got his feet underneath him. And uh, I think it's crazy to question Cowboy Cerrone's heart. I mean, this guy's a legend. This is a guy who, who fights anybody, anywhere, anytime, you know, maybe even maybe even against his own well-being sometimes. Uh, but to question this guy's heart or anything, I think is ridiculous. I think the only problem is he was facing the biggest superstar in combat sports right now. So the, the magnifying glass, the spotlight is a lot brighter. And so, of course, we're going to pay a little bit
0: more attention to when he has a bad night at the office. Speaking with Damon Martin of com here on 710 ESPN Seattle. Hey, uh, before I ask you about a fight that's coming up, you, you tweeted out about Tito Ortiz, and that I would argue there were probably a handful of people that ever watched this fight back in December that it was he won by submission, it was overturned. Uh, you, you're tweeting that it's being reinstated by the Texas Commission. The win will be reinstated what do we know what happened there and 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 i mean this is such an odd circumstance because as far as i know i know there were rumors but i never heard an official statement as to why that was ruled in no contest and now why it's going to be reinstated
1: yeah apparently according to the commission a drug test came back with a potentially uh with a substance that they you know potentially flagged as like illegal substance but I guess it turns out that Tito had a prescription, and, and he declared the prescription. I'm not sure if he actually declared on the pre-fight forms, which is typically what happens. Although I don't even know, you know, to the to the to the level of degree of how uh, specific they are in Texas when they're asking for what substances or what medications you're taking. But turns out he had a prescription, had a physician's uh, prescription for this drug, whatever it was, in the system, and so they have reinstated his win. So that's really it. It was a, it was kind of a bizarre. Uh, run of events just because, you know, why are you, you know, they, they overturned it to a no decision and then two days later they're turning it back into a win. I'm just like, why didn't you do your investigation internally and then, you know, just come to a decision and announce it? But yeah, I, I'm, I'm not a big, big fan of the Texas Commission. I gotta be honest. <laughs> uh, they're kind of one of the, uh, I don't know. I kind of shake my head every time there's a card in Texas. We saw with the judging problems at, at the USC 247 card down in Houston too. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know the full I don't know what drug it was and we don't know what the prescription was, but they're saying, you know, it was a it was a real prescription, it was something a doctor, you know, a physician gave him and they allow it. So the win is back. So he officially has his win over Alberto El Patron or Alberto Del Rio or whatever you want
0: to call it. <laughs> yeah, And that tells you just how eventful that fight was. And I'm curious, what, what appeal does Tito have at this point? Is it you as an MMA fan, just the fan part of you, not the journalist? Do you want to see him continue? Because i got to tell you, as a, as a fan in me, I, I, I hold little to no interest in watching the guy step in the cage again.
1: I mean, listen, Tito is a legend. You know, he's a Hall of Famer. He's a former champion. You know, I mean, listen, he does still create a buzz, and he still has a fan base. So, for all those reasons, there's going to be interest in fighting. But, I mean, the guy, I think at this point, is 45, if I'm not mistaken. And, and listen, time is the greatest enemy of every athlete. You know, I mean, uh, you know, Tom Brady, 42 years old. Everyone's talking about what's going to happen with him in the future. Time is the enemy of every athlete. I don't care who you are at 45 and he's coming off a couple of pretty good wins you know i'm sure he got paid well for the alberto del rio fight i'm sure he got paid well to go out there and beat up a 47 year old chuck liddell you know he closed out his career with a a win over chel Sonnen originally which was a you know good win a quality win over a guy at that point who was still a legitimate contender so i don't it's almost like you got to keep going until you lose or you got to keep going until someone basically puts you out of the sport which is kind of depressing Uh, So I wish he would just walk away and be done with it and and enjoy the fact that he's going to go out on a two- or three-fight winning streak, whatever it is right now, and be happy with it because so few people actually do that. But unfortunately, it doesn't look like that's what's going to happen.
0: Yeah. Hey, before I let you go, let me ask you about UFC 248 coming up on March 7th, uh, being headlined by Yoel Romero versus Israel Adesanya. Who's a uh, man? I love watching this guy fight. He, I know some people are turned off by his ego and the things he says. And at this point, I'm sort of numb to it after you know, Connor and Chale and Colby Covington and all that. He seems pretty tame to me in comparison. But wh- where are you at with Israel Adesanya in, in this matchup? I mean, Yoel is an older guy, yet he's a guy that most people don't seem to be very eager to face.
1: Yeah, this is a fun fight, and, and it's such a different matchup. Then another fight that got announced this week with Henry Cejudo fighting Jose Aldo in down in Brazil for the Banjo-Way title. Jose coming off two losses in a row. His last one was you know a very close fight with Marlon Marias. So he had a pretty lopsided loss to Alexander Volkanovsky at Featherway. But when you look at Yoel Romero, technically he's coming off two losses right now. But when you look at who he's losing to and how he lost those fights, it's a much different story. He lost a very controversial decision to Robert Whitaker, a fight I thought he won. That one to me was more way more of a robbery than uh, than, than Dominic Reyes and John Jones. Couldn't agree then more. Razor, yeah, then he lost a razor close to the decision to Paulo Costa in what was a back and forth battle, and that was a really really fun fight, uh, which could have easily gone for Yoel Romero. And listen, Yoel Romero is a freaking beast. This guy is a freak of nature, one of the most explosive guys to ever fight in this sport, and I love it. It's such a weird thing to say. I, I want to see the guy off two losses fight the champion, but. I absolutely want to see this fight. And I think this is a very, very hard test for Israel Adesanya. When you look at Israel, when you look at Joel Romero's wrestling, silver medalist, explosive, huge knockout power, comes at you from a lot of different angles, flying knees, spinning back fists, all kinds of things he does really well. And he is so hard to put away. I mean, this guy is just, he is, as Dana White says it all the time, he looks like he's built out of steel and iron. That's true. So this is a really really fun fight. Did it make sense on paper? Did it make sense based purely on records? No. But do I want to see it? Absolutely.
0: Where, where do you? Uh, what? Are, what are your thoughts on Adesanya? I mean, I think he's a really exciting fighter. The idea of him fighting Jones is, man, he just he, his his frame seems a little small to me. I know he's six four, he's long, but just to carry that weight, we saw him get tuned up a bit by Kelvin Gastelum, a guy who's half his size, and that was a compelling fight. But man, he took some damage in that fight. I just picture him against a guy who's coming in at two oh five, who probably would weigh more like two twenty the night of the fight. I, I don't know if that's a smart move for him, but ultimately, where where do you sort of see him right now, and where do you see him moving forward?
1: Well, I think I think Israel Adesanya is one of the most compelling stories in the sport right now. One of the legitimate guys who could be the next superstar. I mean, you can't ever, you can't never, you can't peg anybody and say. They're going to be the nexus guy, or they're going to be as big as Conor McGregor. Because I don't think that's you know you can't do that to a person because there's just no way telling how that's going to play out. But I think potential. Israel Adesanya has that star potential. He has he has the the charisma in interviews and press conferences and the way he talks. When you look at his fight style, very fan friendly fight style. You know he, he's just a he's an, he's a charismatic guy and a, and a kind of a magnetic personality you want to pay attention to. I agree with you. I don't like the idea of inviting John Jones. I think that persona gets knocked down a whole lot when you're taking on the greatest fighter of all time and you're going up 20 pounds to do it. I think that is a horrible matchup for him, and I hope he doesn't end up doing it. But I understand the logic of trying to get the biggest kind of quote-unquote money fight of your of your life, and right now that would be it for Israel Adesanya because there's nobody that's going to do that for the middleweight, and obviously he's not going to drop down to welterweight. So uh yeah that's a big fight i really don't want to see it i don't think it's a, a super compelling matchup right now i think john would be a massive favorite and unless something dramatic changes i would pick john jones you know six times a week and twice on sunday but <laughs> in terms of in terms of his, his 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 personality in terms of where he can go as a middleweight i think the sky is the limit for Israel lot i'm a big big fan of him and, uh, and i think he's got a very bright future ahead of him unless he decided to jump up and fight John Jones in like a year time.
0: By by the way, was there a, have you seen a more entertaining face off than the what turned into a dance off between Adesanya and Yoel Romero?
1: Oh, that was great. Wasn't that was that? great. And Yoel is <laughs> such a is such an interesting dude. He's a funny guy. Very like yeah, yeah unfortunately I still a little bit of a language barrier. I don't know if you ever saw it when he did the uh, the Joe Rogan podcast one time. But it's great. He's a great personality, a really funny guy, and uh yeah, I I He's just one of those guys, man, you just enjoy watching. And I, I thought that was a lot of fun because there was a little bit of trash talk earlier and then they turned it into a dance hall. I thought that was pretty funny. That was,
0: that was such a great video to watch, man. I loved it. He is Damon Martin of MMAFighting.com. You can check out his stuff at any time. Does a brilliant job covering the sport. And again, for movie fans, TV show fans out there, uh, NerdCoreMovement.com is what you should be checking into as well. Damon runs that uh, very well. Damon, as always, I appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much for taking time. Look forward to talking again real soon.
1: Anytime. Thanks for having me.